Welcome to the Health Business Growth Show, where we take you behind the scenes of the top health businesses to learn how they built their success. Remember, success leaves clues, and we're going to be sharing those with you. I'm your host, JJ Bergen, Inc. 5000 founder of the Mindshare Collaborative, along with members of our Mindshare Mentor team. And each week, we are joined by some of the most brilliant, innovative, and okay, slightly unhinged health business experts you're going to ever meet. These folks have built empires from scratch, navigated the choppy waters of entrepreneurship, and will be sharing both their struggles and their successes on the journey of creating a thriving health business. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level by learning from the best, you are in the right place. In each episode of the Health Business Growth Show, we'll tackle real-world, relevant topics to help you build your audience and scale your income. From marketing to mindset, from hiring to firing, and everything in between. We'll share our own stories of success and failure, interview some of the most amazing guests in the health business world, and we promise to never take ourselves too seriously. Because let's be honest, building your health business can be a bit challenging at times. Success takes resilience, creativity, courage, and a willingness to step outside of your comfort zone. And we are here to help you navigate through all of it. Find the humor in the chaos and build a health business that's truly worth it. So let's get this party started. We are so glad you are here. I love using real world examples to emphasize, take you through a model because then you can really get it. And and we have the perfect example of how to create a successful business with Dr. Alan Christensen. And in fact, as I walk you through the health business essential model, like I was thinking about, I went, oh my gosh, he's like every single point along the line he did. So I'm super excited to do this interview today and the back and forth. And what I would highly recommend is in the show notes, which we have at mindsharecollaborative.com forward slash Dr. C, D-R-C, you'll be able to download the Health Business Ascension model. I'd really love you to have it right there with you. If you've heard me talk about this before, you might go, hey, it's a little different. And that is because I iterate and we are still innovating on this, although I think we're we're pretty much set, but I, you know, it could shift a little. but. I love you to have you have it right in front of you because it'll help you make sense as you go along. And remember, when you follow the process, what I want to do is save you time and money. That is my goal to get you because we need more of us making a bigger impact out in the world to solve this massive health crisis. So this is your roadmap to be able to get there. And as you listen to Dr. Alan Christensen, walk through the different areas, you'll go, ah, okay, it'll make so much sense. So I'm super excited about that. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Alan Christensen. He has been a member of Mindshare since the very, very, very beginning. He was one of my first clients before I had clients. I just was helping him because I met his wife. She's like, meet my husband. Anyway, he was in our first mastermind, him, Dr. Anna Kabeka, Dr. Tom O'Brien, Dr. Srini Pillay. Gosh, I'm trying to remember all the people that were in that first one. It was just incredible. Like the first events, he was one of the people that actually wore a swimsuit to the gala. Uh, He's the one who came as Borat to one of our costume parties. Yes, the Borat in the mankini. 
Maybe I'll even find a picture of that to put in the show notes. No, I doubt it. Anyway, I won't. Team, do not put that picture in the show notes. Dr. Alan Christensen is a naturopathic endocrinologist. He has written the Adrenal Reset Diet, the Thyroid Reset Diet, the Metabolism Reset Diet, and uh, he is a New York Times bestselling author. He also not only has had a successful clinic, he also has trained thousands of other practitioners and continues to do so in the area of thyroid and has a thyroid professional line as well. You're going to hear about all of these income streams and what he's done over the years. But I'm going to put all of that information along with the podcasts I've done over on my consumer side, his books, and then how to get involved with his professional training programs at mindsharecollaborative.com forward slash DRC. All right. I will be right back with Dr. Alan Christensen. Stay with me. Do you know what the most successful subject line of all time is? You are not alone. One of the most common statements I hear when people attend our events is, oh my gosh, I found my people. I don't feel alone anymore. In fact, Mindshare started because I was at a marketing event. And when I asked one of the experts the best way to build my business, he said, do it through collaboration. The only challenge was that I was going to these events and there were very few health professionals or health business owners in the room. So I started inviting my peers to come to the events and join me for lunch where we could share best practices and get to know each other. Well, we quickly outgrew those meeting rooms and I decided we should hold our own event, which has become our annual gathering, now in its 10th year, the Mindshare Leadership Summit. This unique event is a combination of facilitated networking that even the biggest introvert enjoys so that you'll leave the event with at least 10 great relationships to help expand your impact. There's strategic training by your peers to share what's working right now in their health businesses so that you can increase your income and incredible keynotes by notables including Dr. Joe Dispenza, Marie Forleo, Lisa Nichols, and Brendan Burchard to help you expand your vision. We also have our Future of Health Talk competition where you will help select the winner or you can even compete yourself to get featured in the media and top podcasts. And because in my next life, I really want to be a party planner. We include a world-class costume party and a celebratory gala featuring our Impact Awards, where we acknowledge the incredible achievements of our members. This year's event is October 5th through 8th at the spectacular JW Marriott Camelback Resort and Spa in Scottsdale, Arizona. Attendance is by application only. So to learn more and apply, go to MindshareSummit.com. Now, this is our 10th anniversary year, so the celebration is going to be off the hook. You do not want to miss it. So again, MindshareSummit.com. See you there. Well, I'm super excited today because today I get to show how the health business ascension model, when perfectly executed, can help someone create the impact and income that they've desired. And I love knowing the path. And when I first started out, I could not figure out what this path was. And everybody who I knew who was successful, there really weren't many in health who'd done this, were basically what I would call unconsciously competent. Like they knew one specific area, but they couldn't tell me the path. And so when I first started out, I totally burned myself out trying to do everything at once. But I was like, this couldn't be the way it is. So I am super excited to have you with me, Dr. Alan Christensen, because you're, first of all, I'll never forget like coaching you and we do your 90 day plan and then you <laughs> ping me in a month and you go, okay, done. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so super coachable, really good at 
following systems and creating systems, like all the stuff that you really need to do that most people, you know, they want to skip past, which is why you now have a business of maturity because you've done all the steps along the way. So if it's cool with you, I'd love to walk through your journey because I think most people see you now as this New York Times bestselling author with multiple streams of income, with a beauty pageant wife, <laughs> living living by a lake in Minnesota, and they don't realize all of the work that came along the way, right? Yeah. It took a minute. You've always been successful and you've really been good at just, you know, plodding through the things you need to plod through, but it was a lot of work to get here. So let's start out with when we first met. And this was really kind of funny because I was in that first mastermind where I about killed myself because I was like, what is the process? <laughs> you know, what do I need first? And your wife was in the mastermind too, Kieran. Mm-hmm. And so Kieran was like, you got to meet my husband. You'll really like my husband. I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> so I think I was just like maybe one step ahead of you is the, the whole way we managed to work this thing. And when I met you, you had uh, a great practice. So tell me about what you were doing when I first met you. Yeah, uh, just super, super briefly, whoever's listening, you know, just jump on whatever guidance JJ can give you and make this journey happen faster and easier. Just got to say that. So <laughs> when, 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 when we first met, I was in a practice at the time. I think I'd had associates, but I already had a bit of a niche, but I didn't know I did. You know, I wasn't yeah. clear on that. <laughs> and well, I was to uh, your point, this is an important point. Most people don't realize they'll they'll say, "Oh no, I help everybody with everything," <laughs> right? And I'm like, "Well, what if you could only do one thing?" And I asked you this question. I remember distinctly asking you this. But if you could only do one thing, Alan, what would you love to do? You know, I think it took me a little time to get clear though, because treating thyroid disease was too obvious. I kept thinking of everything besides that because that was just too obvious somehow. <laughs> yeah, what would be hard and complicated, you know, versus the thing that I really love and the thing I'm already often, doing. Yeah, the thing I'm doing, you know, it happened. I remember when I went. I've known Dr. Suzanne Bennett for gosh, I think now 35 years. When I went into her office, she goes, "Oh, I do everything." I'm like, "I know you do," but if anybody, you know, everybody talks about you and allergies. Everybody sends people to you for allergies. What if what if you just did like an allergy program? You could call it the seven-day allergy cure. Huh. You know, so sometimes it just takes someone, you know, you're doing all these things, but there's a thing that people are seeking you out for. And it's hard for you to see. And Mary Morrissey says you can't see the picture when you're in the frame, right? Yeah. Okay. And it's always easier to see that in someone else. That's always. why coaching is so important. But that was a big step, I think, was just kind of raising my hand and identifying that as my focus. That was part of the first, the first huge changes. As silly as this was, I already had a book written about this focus too, and that was in the works of being published. So yeah, that was the first big step of identifying that was the main area. I actually remember, this is pretty funny. So we call that the step before the health business ascension model is this being, I call it successfully stuck. <laughs> you know, where you're doing well, but you can't you can't really figure out how you get past that. You know, you've reached kind of the the level that you can in that area. The frustrating thing to be at that place. I mean, part of it is a matter of just that you have no mobility and no real options in life. You know, I remember I had some family funerals that I couldn't attend. You know, I was booked out so far in advance that I I couldn't leave. And I, I really couldn't take vacations or do fun things with my young kids at the time. And I was blocked up. And then clinically, 
people couldn't get in to see me there. I had to stop taking on new patients. And so I felt the strain in my personal life. And I felt the strain in that I couldn't really make a difference in the ways that I was wanting to. I couldn't really feel like I could help people as much as I felt was possible. Yeah. And that's such a huge one because I think, you know, we all get into healthcare and wellness because we want to help more people. And then you reach this natural ceiling if you're doing that type of a practice. And then people are desperate and you're like, you can't do anything. But there is fortunately a way to to help them, which we uncovered. You were successfully stuck in the first phase of the health business ascension model. We call it the creation phase. And this is where you, and by the way, in this phase, and because you were so perfect in this, you have to be coachable and you have to be an imperfect action taker. And by the way, that is hard for especially practitioners the imperfect. As opposed to a perfectionist. Right. Oh, my goodness. You know, and we know we learn more when we when things don't quite work out than when they do. So what we say in this place is this is where you're moving with clarity and confidence from a fee-for-service transactional practice to a transformational offer that creates a higher income for you in less time. And what's required is you to really identify what is my niche, who is the audience going to serve, because you're going to take what you've been doing and you've been doing it. You were the perfect example. It's like you were already doing it. You had the idiot's guide to thyroid disease that was, you know, being written. So it was like, hello, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was putting it, packaging it in a different way and offering it in a different way, which ultimately was going to allow you to serve so many more people. And so at this place, we know we know we've got it with someone when they, first of all, will start to realize, oh, I can actually serve more people by doing this, by really focusing in a specific process that I've already been doing, you know, because a lot of times they'll go, I don't know, I go, you've already been doing this. It's a test, really. The first thing may not may not fly. We we're just looking with you because it was so obvious and clear that as you put this together, it was very easy to just get started. And I always say at this place, you know that when you've got five to 10 people in your warm audience that go, yes, I'm in, I totally want to do this. And the exciting thing is, for a lot of healers, they feel like they feel bad charging money. And what I've seen time and time again, I mean, first of all, my failures have been when I haven't charged someone because then, you know, they don't pay any attention because they didn't pay. And what I've seen is just when someone says yes and they commit with their time and wallet, all of a sudden the birds come out and sing, you know, <laughs> the healing mm -hmm. journey begins. So, what would you say to someone who's like, you know, afraid to charge more, afraid to, to package what I call when I package in a program, they're paying for the results in advance. What would you say to someone like that? Yeah, just to echo what you said. And I, by the time that we connected, I'd already been practicing for, I think, like over a decade. And I had known that early along, I wanted to help everyone and people would be concerned about their fees. And I would say, I'll help you anyway. And, and it never worked out. And so I already, yeah. I'd already gone through that lesson pretty well. And I knew that I wouldn't help people by discounting what I was offering. Because when you discount things, you're not only just making them cost less, you're making them less valuable. <laughs> so here, it cuts both ways. <laughs> That's an important line that everybody has to hear is it makes it less valuable. Yep. That's a lesson I had. I was very receptive. I had no problems with that. I'd already gone through that one. So the, the big thing was, was identifying the niche, which I wasn't doing on my own, but then also then taking that niche and then really pro making a process, making the process clear. Mm -hmm. I had one more or less, but I didn't have a simple one-page process documented. So that was the next big thing that you had me go through. And once I had that, that process was then the background for 
the online program, for the future books, for the content marketing, everything then came from that. Which is the great next step, which is optimize. And honestly, I was like, how do I find a thousand Dr. Alan Christensen's? Because, <laughs> you know, again, the single thing that will make you successful above everything else is the ability to be coachable. And you see this with people wherever they are in their business. Like you'll see people, multimillionaires getting coaches because they recognize that this is really the secret sauce. And in the optimized phase of this, it really is how do you create a consistent, repeatable system? to be able to continue enrolling people in because that first one was, oh, okay, I'll just reach out to my warm people. That's great, but that's a limit. And now we've got to get past that. And this is that place where you got to have really big determination. Now you've seen that it's possible. Now you really want to see, will it fly? And that has to be out into a colder audience who can totally say no to you. So it's easy to get into this analysis paralysis and go, well, maybe I just need to learn abs or I need to learn, you know, all that stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you didn't have any of that happen at this one. No, no, it really went from the practice to then expanding it. That process also became something for digital programs and consumables and books, but it also became a model that I could train other practitioners in and that other doctors could deliver care under that. Yeah. And as we talk about getting into scaling, we'll talk about that because one of the things that you did was everything we did, you repeated with your associates. So you had a niche, they had a niche, which was fantastic because we do this in Mindshare overall. We teach how to do this because it's so easy to refer to each other. It is way easier to be just focused on being really, really amazing at one thing. Like you don't see someone go, you know what? I'm going to be an Olympian. I'm going to be an Olympian in swimming, track. <laughs> gymnastics, you know? I mean, you don't even see this, like, tell me, show me a basketball player, football player, baseball player. If you want to be the goat, the goat focuses on one thing and really getting good at that one thing. And it's just easier. Plus everybody knows how to refer to you and bite you to things. And so really in this stage, now you're consistently selling, you know, this, your offer. And this is where you go, holy smokes, you can see the future of time and money freedom. Like you can see now you can go do those things, which is really exciting. However, it's a really dangerous place too, because the next step, once you have these two things in place, it was what my first mentor said, when you have this, put your foot on the gas. However, there was a step missing. And so when she told me this, she says, when you can see that that offer will work with warm and cold, put your foot on the gas. And I remember distinctly, I put my foot on the gas. Now, what's so awesome is that I was a little ahead of you so I could stop you from doing the dumb things I did because I put my foot on the gas, but I hadn't hit the thing that you must do as you're beginning to scale, which is systematize. And that is where you have to have the tech, the tools, the team in place, because if you put your foot on the gas without that, oh boy, <laughs> right? I viewed my business when I started to do this as a garden hose with all these holes. And I was like running around trying to plug things with <laughs> duct tape. So, but, but you created a really great system with your team, with your tools, with your tech. So let's walk through, because this is really that first part of scaling, but you may not jump to the next part till this is solid. So let's talk about what you did in this part. The trick was always to have a sense of how things would work at least well enough to where you could bring someone on and know they're doing a good job at it. So you don't have to know the nth degree of every single platform or system, but you got to know what you're trying to accomplish. You got to know the basic tools behind that and then very quickly find ways that can work without you managing all of it. Yeah. And that's important because 
if you don't understand, I always say, I need to know that I can turn a light on, I can use a dimmer switch. I don't need to know how to wire the lights, but I need to know what's possible so mm-hmm. that when the electrician comes, I can tell them what I want, right? And yep. I can tell if the dimmer switch works so I know that it was successful. And that was the important point you put out there because another one of my coaches uh, who you coached with too told me that I needed to learn how to code. <laughs> and I go, you know, I feel that that would be the best use of my time. And I remember him saying, well, what would happen if you can't you know, fix your website and it's 11 o'clock at night, you're doing a launch. I go, I have a backup person. What if the backup person's not there? I go, I said, I actually have two. He goes, so that's how I'm going to operate it. And so it is mission critical here that you understand what success looks like, how to measure it, and then hire someone who knows how to do this, but you're also being able to monitor them, right? And mm-hmm. that's super important because this is a phase where shiny object syndrome can really hit hard, where all of a sudden you're like, I need to learn how to code. And and I had one one doctor who was in Mindshare who actually during this phase, she realized that she was working in hormones, but she realized a lot of people were coming with emotional issues that were impacting the hormones. So she decided this phase that what she needed to do was go get her therapy. She needed to go back to school, become a psychologist. <laughs> And I was like, why don't you just hire one? (laughs) You know, that's an extreme example of shiny object syndrome. But I did not see you go off the rails at all with like, I think I need to get this cool new software thing or do like you just really would develop a plan, 90 day plan, stay on the plan, get the plan done, ask what was next to do and just stay on that path, which, you know, your success was very uh, methodical and predictable. Like, and you just like hit every single goal. But I think that is like your ability to stay on the plan and not go sideways into shiny object syndrome is amazing. How how do you avoid doing that? Because this is one that I see a lot of people fall prey to. Well, I think that I might get struck by lightning or my nose will start growing if I don't say that it hasn't gone perfectly smoothly. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. But it could have gone an awful lot worse. And yeah, without guidance and mentorship, it could have gone infinitely worse. In terms of, I don't know, I can't think of an easy answer other than just, I have pursued things that I've not stuck with. You know, I have started things then after some period of time realized, hey, that was not necessary, but I have been good at just staying on the the key tasks and thinking about the things, if they're going to really add to it or not. And, And I guess also, you know, having enough other interests in life, I've kept a cap at my schedule. There's certain times of day in which I will work and certain times in which I won't. And so I've been kind of forced in that sense to keep things to a certain time frame. And if there's things that I, I can't do, I just don't. <laughs> well, I think that's important too, because kind of at this phase, we know that you've made it to this phase when you can actually take time off, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, knowing what's yours to do and and saying, wouldn't it be great? What is that principle where they say your time expands like to whatever time, like the task <laughs> expands the time right. allowed, right? Yep. You know, I don't know the I name mean, for that, but I know what you mean. Yeah, whatever whatever task is, whatever time right. is available, the task will expand to allow to fill up that time space. Yeah. So give yourself 30 minutes for the four-hour task and look what right. happens, you know. <laughs> but literally at this stage, this is when you start to, to play more. But also, this is where you really start to have a bigger impact. And that's an important thing that we talk about at this phase, that you know now you're building this foundation that you can really grow. And that's the next part, which... We call expansion, it's kind of like it's also the foot on the gas acceleration piece, 
oh my gosh, there's so much stuff that you're doing at this phase, which is super exciting because that's that's what happens at expansion. So let's let's talk about all the different multiple ways that you reached people, the impact and the income, because those are those are two key things. Let's talk, gosh, you can do either which way. So I want to talk about the different audiences you reach, how you reach them. Let's start there and then we'll talk about the different income streams. So audiences, yeah, my time now is moving more towards the professional audience. At some point, I may take on a professorship position. I've been offered that. It wouldn't won't fit the schedule this current year, but my biggest interest now is just helping practitioners do a better job with things and helping just pass on what I know. So yeah, so training my own doctors, training others. And this is funny, Jade, you'll appreciate this, but I founded a couple of nonprofit associations for those purposes and you know, up and running and doing well. And we've bridged a lot of different worlds in the conventional and the natural world. Doctors are more eager to learn how to recommend supplements than they are how to learn how to give care. Even if the how to give care is coming from a 501c3 nonprofit and it's basically free because they get CMEs out of it, they're more interested in learning about protocols of delivering supplements. I'm like, okay. So really? Yeah. Oh. Huh. Well, and- I know they're more interested in learning protocols than they are about building business, you know, until you frame it in, would you like to be able to help more people? And what I saw during this point was you really dialed in during the systematized phase, you helped all your doctors really get their niche. And as you started to do this expansion, one of the things that I watched you do, which could also be considered an income stream too, but it was, it was both sides was, you know, obviously you started this whole professional training piece of it and an institute, but you also started doing those retreats at your house that fed into your other practitioners. Let's talk about those and all the different ways that that was super cool. Yeah, those were a lot of fun. So those would be for, you know, up to like a couple dozen people at a time, and we would do one or two day events and just go deep into each individual person's story. And they would then maintain their care with the team. But we did quite a few of those over the years and they were, you know, VIP audience, you know, uh, Lots of lots of direct connection. I think about it in terms of it's almost like there's a, there's a lever involved, and the more you go up on this side, the more you go down on the other side. So the more people you reach at once, the less the depth of that connection really is. It's not nothing, but when you're actually with someone just directly, you can have so much more of an impact. But it's fewer people, so that's the trade-off. So that was a fun way to to work on more ends of that to pull in this larger audience to to meet them directly and spend intimate time with them. And then have the team carry on afterward. So those. Well, once you agree, when you do these things where you can really work in a more intimate setting, it actually helps you with the bigger, you know, consumer your books and programs and everything else because you are hearing again. Sometimes you can get far away Mm -hmm. from that when you just when you hear the person and the words that come out of their mouth, you're like, oh. When you did those couple things, was didn't Mary Agnes come up with that idea? of that thyroid thing was that hers i remember her somehow being involved with this or maybe i'm she was part of that. that yeah we were talking it through and i think she did suggest i think she did suggest the idea of it so you had these it was one or two day five thousand dollar thyroid retreats now i also remember didn't you use dean jackson's nine word email like are you still interested in fixing your thyroid or something like that yeah we were at an at an event that he was hosting at at your home back in yeah back when in california and he was talking about his nine word email and I think I might have heard about it and done it before for something. But this time we were in a live audience. I said, hey, you know, I'm about to offer a retreat. Why don't I try this for this? And so I I was doing it real time as this retreat with yeah. him was going on. He's kind of like <laughs> talking, okay, now, now what happened? Now what's going on? And 
Yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. <laughs> perfect, imperfect action taker literally at the retreat did this. But at this point, because you had your metabolism reset diet, your thyroid reset diet, your adrenal reset diet, yes. So you had programs reach around each of those. You had products around each of those. You had your still have your center with everybody who was specializing different things. So they could either do the group program, they could come in and see someone. And then you also were doing your practitioner training, yeah. like nice income streams there, lots of them. And to close the loop I left open before, the practitioners have had the biggest interest. Funny things, they, they want to learn a lot, but the way that I've learned they, that they're most eager to connect is via supplements. The latest iteration has been doing a line just for practitioners. And for me, it's a sneaky way of being able to train them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it whether you want it or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, but see, here's what's important because this is part of that expansion phase, you know, where you're putting your foot on the gas. It's also part, this is really for the innovator and something you might try at first. Like I'm going to create this institute. I'm going to train people on thyroid. And then they go, wait, I don't want that. I want to learn the, you know, the supplements. Right. You were innovating throughout that. And we talked about this phase is that this phase actually requires some failure. Like you have to start trying things and going, well, that isn't working that way. There's got to be a way to make it work. And so you, know, you did it. One of my favorite JJ Virgin quotes is you can't course correct standing still. <laughs> That's each, actually a Lisa Sasevich quote. Okay. Okay. I've heard you say that. <laughs> and I love that because, uh, and Marie Forleo is like, you don't get clarity sitting at your desk. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that, those are all so good. But I call here the fail forward fast. <laughs> and innovate. Well, and another point about that too, is that at that stage, at the stage of early along, when I first really connected with JJ, the idea of carving out time to do these things meant that I had to give up time in which I was available for patient care. So it was painful, both in the sense that I couldn't do as much clinically, but also there was an economic loss. You know, I saw no immediate gains from this time that was spent. It grew and it scaled but in that moment, it was a step back. So there are times in which you have to make a painful decision about allocating your time in ways that will give you interest down the road. You're, you're putting a lot of money away into a long-term yield account, basically. It is the most important investment that you can ever make, and it's going to take time. And that's the first thing that I like to do is help practitioners free up time and money because you got to free up some time and money quickly, like at least five hours a week, at least $5,000. I find people like all we have to do is look at a lot of the places their money's auto going. And I'm like, oh, well, there you go. Read that <laughs> up. And then a lot of times there's, you know, when we were in Dan Sullivan's strategic coach, what are the things you should not be doing? You know, <laughs> So it's actually pretty easy usually to find that, but you have to realize that, yes, you're going to be working on your business if you're used to working an hour and getting paid like $500, you're going to all of a sudden go, there's five hours that I'm not going to get paid yep. right now. Long term, would you say that that investment has paid off? You know, so yeah, right now, um, my, my parents are in their early 90s and they're in a nursing home and they don't get out. There's no other family nearby, no, no other family that's not old as well nearby. So Kieran and I chose to move across the country for this is the main reason to be closer to them and to really have this time with them. I mean, how much do they do for us our first few years of life, you know? So 
this was the big change that that we made and we went away from the places we were used to that she was used to especially but no there was other reasons as well but that was the main thing and we were able to make that choice and we've got the flexibility to where we could step back from pushing things as hard and having the freedom to be where we want to be and who we want to be with but this wouldn't have been possible otherwise i think about the things that happened with my family that i couldn't participate in when i was practicing full time or even the years when i was first getting other things going but yeah. it reached a place to where i've i've gotten this most freedom and i it's the most valuable thing. I would give that up for nothing. There's another thing I really want to point out here because this is the one that will stop someone in their tracks. And I wasn't as aware of it back then. Now I just really recognize it. And fortunately, it just wasn't, it's just not who you are. So, you know, now I know and I can coach someone through it, but I didn't need to coach you through it because you're not this person. In order for someone to get to a certain level of success in their business, they need an ego. Because, as you know, stepping in and doing these things and and getting out there, people are going to say things. Let's be real, right? I mean, we have this award at Mindshare, the Insanity Award, to celebrate (laughs) because we know that the minute you get out there, people are going to start saying mean things. A lot of them are your your old colleagues. Uh, Jealous. But we also (sighs) know that it's like that story of what what got you here won't get you there, that you're going to need some ego to pull you up. But as you start to build, you got to bring that. I've realized, I think one of the things I'm going to start celebrating people with is a piece of humble pie. You've got to have that humility in order to really get to that point where you can reach back in maturity, which is what you're doing now and say, how do I help other people? How do I start a foundation? How do I train other people? And how do I help them be bigger than I ever was? Requires your ego getting out of the way. I didn't ever have to say boo about it with you. That's just who you are. But I bring it up because if someone's not aware, and we've seen it now with people who are like, uh-oh, did we just create a monster over here? It's now you need to look at how how do I, because stepping into that maturity, and you actually already started to describe it, uh, the affirmation in maturity is I get great joy by being a leader, mentor, and role model. Like that thing you were describing of what you really love now. And the piece people struggle with in maturity gets solved by that line because the piece I had a bunch of women over. We had a fe- we have a female founders group, and we were all talking about what scares us the most. And one woman who is super well known on TV all the time said, I, "I'm scared every day about being relevant." So I'd love you and just she probably to talk defines about what's relevant, <laughs> you know. And she defines it right now, but you know, one minute off TV because again, when you reach back and you help other people, it's a different type of relevance. It's how your dream can live on. So let's talk about this because this tagline here, maturity, is I expand my purpose through helping others reach theirs. And the mindset's really about being a go-giver. You're kind of, we know you're there when you can live off everything you've done and have the time and money freedom. But let's talk again, because you mentioned some of it, like, you know, what are those things that you're focusing on now? What's bringing you joy? You really crystallize that. And it's almost like being a grandparent in ways to where (laughs) you're you're not there involved with, I mean, you're not experiencing the things that a child's experiencing. You're not even directly the one who's teaching in all cases, but you're you're part of that and you're seeing it happen and you're behind the scenes. And yeah, I guess as you were talking, I almost thought too about like, like a new relationship versus like a long, long marriage, like the difference there, like the passion of first falling in love or something versus just that, that warm, safe commitment of knowing someone's there for you. It, it, it's that kind of a feeling. It's a thing to where it's, it may not be the, the the bells and whistles excitement that we talk about in our culture, 
but it's that deep fulfillment. It's the thing that really matters the most. I think that's more persistent. And yeah, that comes from from seeing others do well and seeing others have their wins and knowing that that's now possible for them and they can go on and make a bigger impact. And yeah, that's that's the most rewarding thing at the stage. So you're here now, like literally, you know, living in Minnesota, you're a super outdoors guy, amazing marriage, great kids, really smart son. <laughs> I hear about him all the time. So I know what's going on with him. With help from your smart son. <laughs> 15 years ago, 20 years ago, did you envision where you are now? No, no, not at all. I often didn't have clear senses of what the future would hold. I just would see like the day and often didn't think past that until there was a point where it became somewhat more deliberate. And yeah, I realized that eventually I would want to have more time and more space. But until I think it was probably around 2016 when I when I made the commitment to step away from practice. There's a story about, you know, burning the ships. The, the, these mm-hmm. conquerors came to mm-hmm. land and they were afraid the soldiers wouldn't fight well, so they burned the ships they had nowhere to go to. So I, I basically burned the ships, so to speak. And it was after then where I realized, I think, then that things would be different because they had to be. It became necessary. At that point, it became clear of it being possible. But even then, I I don't know. There's many ways in which that could have not gone well. It could be, <laughs> yeah, tons of ways it could have not gone well. So no, I'm very, very thankful for it. And, and now just eager to keep that going and keep making a difference clinically and bringing new concepts and helping this next generation come out and do well. And Right. Because you're a maturity and those are all the things that one does there. So, and you're staying relevant because you're still putting things out there like your new, your new uh, hormone cookbook. Right. So <laughs> it's really, it's really like you're the, the perfect role model of this. And what I'd love to do too, is put at mindsharecollaborative.com forward slash Dr. C. I am going to put, and that's DRC. I'm going to put all of the things that you're up to, too. So if someone wants to get the supplement training in thyroid and also the clinical training, like all the different cool things, because you've got some really cool things going on, some great ways to get training. You know, you've done so many different things to help clinicians. You've done a lot of business training for clinicians. So there's there's some great stuff there, along with all your books, along with the different podcasts we've done over on the consumer side, because, uh, you know, I like to say success leaves clues. So follow what Dr. C is doing here. And uh, boy, you know, if you wanted one role model to follow and go, I'll just have what he's having, that would be a very smart one to do. Well, and I've got to say, you know, um, I could have easily seen myself being exactly where I was, but more more gray hair and more frustration than I had then. That that was a very real You have no gray hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, it could have gone very differently. And I just want whoever's listening to know that um, if with the right guidance and the right persistence and, you know, being ready to iterate here and there, it's possible. And you didn't hear this yet, but when JJ was talking about helping me and guiding me and mentoring me back when, this was pre-Mindshare. She was helping out a friend. You know, I, I'm convinced that if she wasn't doing what she's doing right now, she'd be doing whatever. And then still doing stuff like this on the side to help people. Because <laughs> this is just this is just who she is. It's easy to see, oh, she's doing this and this is her business. Yeah, but you don't understand. Before this was her business, <laughs> she was doing this. And I can I can say that because uh, that's how I was re- recipient of that. And once there was a business to step into, I was like, I think I was the first person to sign up for Mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> I even like rushed in the line to, yeah. I wanted to be that historical spot. 
First but event, no. it was you and Tom O'Brien and, and Anna Quebeca. <laughs> it was quite a crew. <laughs> if you're at a place to where you'd want to have more freedom, make a bigger impact, this is this is a way to do it. You know, just I can't say that more more with more strong endorsement. Thank you. And you stay coachable, take imperfect action, and work on your business. And uh, I will also put at the show notes the health business ascension model. We are really dialing this in to really help you identify where you are and then know the next step. And my biggest goal, of course, Alan, as you know, is I just don't want people like I feel that I've been a, done a really good job in life of learning by making mistakes. Like I'm exceptional at making mistakes. So if I can help, I know that we learn the best through mistakes, but I think some of them aren't necessary. So, you know, if I can help avoid some of those, especially the costly ones, I'm I'm all for it because I have now at least a half a million dollar MBA. <laughs> I can still laugh about it. It, it made me 700,000 now that I think about it. So, you know, if you could just have a $50,000 MBA. I feel like that's probably more smarter. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, thank you. This was exactly what I was hoping to share with everybody. So this was just perfect. I super appreciate your time. And it has just been so much fun over the years watching you just soar and watching the impact that you've made out in the world and knowing that you've created an impact that's going to last long beyond, you know, when you go and out into the dirt nap and to the next, the next iteration of, of <laughs> you. So thank you. Here at the Mindshare Collaborative, we are committed to helping you increase your vision, income, and impact. One of the first things we'd love to support you on is adding a high-profit leveraged income stream so that you can enjoy more time and money freedom. And to help you get started, I've created the Health Professionals Playbook for building multiple streams of income that identifies five proven strategies for creating a sustainable income beyond your primary practice to create time and money freedom. To get your free copy as my gift to you, go to ms365.io forward slash MSI. That's ms365.io forward slash MSI.